Our text this morning comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. May the Lord bless to our reading and understanding his word. A few weeks ago, I preached a message on the subject of intentional purposeful praying I said in that message that we must step it up we must pray with more passion and purpose this morning I would like to consider that prayer is not just another spiritual exercise not just another hoop to jump through in the routine of our week prayer is serious business we somewhat casually call folks prayer warriors. A warrior is a soldier of a nation or a cause, trained and deployed to do battle. The training of a soldier is long and intense and detailed. I did not serve but I hear stories of basic training in the armed forces of our country. Some of those stories are legendary and go way beyond the comedy sitcom episodes of Gomer Pyle and Sergeant Carter. <laughs> Military training is no laughing matter. It involves the, the mind and the body in the heart, you talk about all in. Basics in the armed forces are all in. They're an all in experience. And what is the result of military basic training? <laughs> the result, the product, is a lean, mean fighting machine ready to take on the enemy. The soldier is prepared for whatever he may face on the field of battle. The soldier is outfitted and equipped with the weapons and the uniform of the armed service branch that they serve in. The soldier is physically fit and has strength and perseverance that will stand the tests of the modern battlefield. That's the product of basic training. What about the soldier of God? The warrior for Christ. I believe that as a redeemed believer in Jesus, we are called to pray. We have been recruited 
into the kingdom of God's armed forces. Look at our text again. 2 Corinthians 10. Though we walk in the flesh, though we exist in these human bodies, we are not battling, we are not waging war according to the bodies we live in, according to the flesh. Because the weapons that we fight with, as I thought Phil Wickham's song beautifully expressed, the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the flesh, but they are weapons of the spirit. And they are designed, they are equipped, they are put into us to have divine power to overcome strongholds in the spiritual realm. <laughs> we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Anybody hearing any opinions raised against the knowledge of God these days? We take every thought captive to Christ. When I preached a series on transformation, we talked a lot about the battle being a battle of the mind, a battle of our thinking, of transformed thinking. The warfare, the spiritual warfare that is being done and needs to be done and should be done by us as believers is a war for people's hearts and minds. We are most certainly in a battle against the enemy, Satan. And we battle for the hearts and minds of people, taking every thought captive. Listen to a couple of scriptures regarding our battle against the enemy from 1 Peter chapter 5. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, say adversary, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking not something but someone to devour. In James's letter, chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourself... God, but resist the devil, the enemy, and he will flee from you. Friends, there's victory. There's victory in spiritual warfare in the Spirit of the Lord. And then a passage in Ephesians 6 that we'll talk about a little bit in this message. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. My son Anthony wrestled in junior high. Rhonda couldn't go. Couldn't go. Joe was a wrestler. Couldn't watch. We don't wrestle on a, on a big mat in a gym against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities where? In the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Our warfare is not warfare on this earth, 
and it's not against people. I want to emphasize that this morning. We're not battling against people, but against the spiritual forces of evil. In this verse in Ephesians, our struggle is ultimately against spiritual forces, meaning the real battle is the spiritual warfare of good versus evil. There is a spiritual war ongoing for the hearts of man as the forces of evil want to turn us away from God and separate us from Him. But for those with God through Jesus, the battle is already won as Christ overcame death with the resurrection. Amen. We must be born of the Spirit with faith in Jesus to be saved from the second death and find ourselves under the umbrella of mercy and grace. The title prayer warrior describes a Christian who has a strong affinity for and gifting in this area. Though all believers are called to pray, certain people turn to God more quickly and confidently in response to the ups and downs of life. They are ready, say ready, and willing to pray for others as well as themselves. Prayer warriors. I've been blessed to know a few prayer warriors in the churches I've attended over the years. Each of them made lifting up praises and concerns a priority and a habit that was as natural as breathing for them. They all ended up doing unique and effective and powerful ministry within their churches and beyond the church walls. Have you known any prayer warriors? I want to ask the question this morning, what does it mean to be a prayer warrior? The word warrior conjures up this image that we talked about of someone in a military uniform of some type whether armored or in military fatigues or dress uniform. We picture them carrying offensive and defensive weapons. And we assume that the person has been trained in fighting and hopefully in strategy and, and strategic thinking as well. I grew up near Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Outside of Harrisburg exists the United States Army War College. Oh, to be a fly on the wall and hear what goes on in the halls of that place. The Army War College in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania has trained military leaders in the United States for 100 years. The Word of God is our war college. It trains us to be warriors for Christ, to fight the battle in the heavenly realm in the spiritual realm. It might not seem like this image, this idea of, of a soldier of warfare could be associated with such a thing as prayer. 
But the Apostle Paul, in his wisdom, dedicated a whole section of his letter to the Ephesians to this idea of a soldier and spiritual warfare. He wanted us as followers of Christ to understand that we are indeed engaged in a war. We are fighting a battle. Paul wanted us to understand that. Look at Ephesians 6, beginning in 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. <laughs> I, oh, it'll take me a long time if I preach every verse of this, but listen to me. If you enter into prayer, you can enter with confidence. You can enter with assurance. You can enter anticipating victory because the power of your God. Be strong in the Lord and, and your mighty power. No, 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 no. Look at it again. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For again, here is Paul teaching us again, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Be strong in the Lord, in his, say his, come on, say his mighty power. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, <laughs> notice he didn't say, so if the day of evil comes. <laughs> he said that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand your ground. How many of you have seen the uh, Iwo Jima Memorial in Washington, D.C.? The Iwo Jima Memorial is, is the picture of multiple soldiers trying to hold up the flag in the World War II Battle of Iwo Jima. Stand your ground. How many of you have walked the, the wall of the Vietnam Memorial and seen the names of Americans lost in that conflict. We're told to be strong in the Lord and to stand our ground. Paul goes on to list the pieces of armor and the weapons we have in Christ to overcome the enemies of the the enemy's attacks. I'm gonna create the list here on the screen. God's armor. The belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. 
the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. I just want to make a few comments on these. Most of these, as we look at them, seem to have a defensive kind of nature, but then he turns a corner and he says, the sword of the Spirit. Paul, Paul sees the believer as completely equipped for what he is going to need in this battle. But he notes in the text that we are to put these on. Say, put these on. All right? There are some pretty funny scenes in various movies of uh, people being outfitted with armor. <laughs> you, you remember any of those that a person is standing there and, and the servant is clamping on the, the armor and by the end, the, the person can't move, much less fight. <laughs> the equipment, the, the weapons, the uniform of doing battle in this battle are right there. And so, if you run out of the barracks, <laughs> headed for the battle, to jump in the troop transport vehicle, don't forget your uniform. Have you seen any, any pictures recently of how the modern soldier is, is, is clothed? It's really interesting. It's become highly technical. The helmet with the, with the night vision and the microphones and, and all those kind of things. The Kevlar vests that, that have gotten so advanced that that they're very, very effective in keeping injuries down, those kinds of things. Those guys wouldn't think for a minute of leaving the barracks and getting in the troop transport to head for the battle without their equipment. The, inf the infantryman would not think for a moment of leaving the base without his weapon. Today, battle is being done remotely. I understand that some of what we see in, in uh, drone warfare these days is controlled halfway around the world. It's a different day. But it's not in the spiritual realm. All the technology in the world will not help us fight the spiritual battle. You see, God has put in place things which we have access to in our lives that we might be effective 
lean, mean fighting machines. And there they are. The belt of truth. How important is the word of God to fight this battle? The, the breastplate of righteousness, how important is it that we walk a life of holiness and righteousness as we fight this battle? The gospel of peace. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his gospel, his good news, when we go out gospeling, we have a message of peace. Shield of faith. Shield of faith. What is faith? It's believing that God's going to do what God says he's going to do. Helmet of salvation. The sword of the Spirit. Put these on, and you're set. Put these on, and you are ready to do battle. Neglect them, you're going to get beat up. Okay? Paul is making sure that we understand in this passage that to be victorious in this battle, we must have the right uniform, we must have the right weapons, we must have the right mindset. We read these verses about the armor frequently, and they are powerful, and they are practical. But I want you to note one more thing here. I want you to note that Paul ends this passage and this thought process with an admonition to pray. Look at verse 18. And pray in the Spirit. This is right after, this is right after the list. Right after the list. And pray in the Spirit. With all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Listen, I would suggest to you that prayer ignites, prayer enables, prayer puts into action each of those armaments in the list. Paul kind of sums it up. Here's the list, but my goodness, you need to pray. I like that in verse 18 he says, be alert. I like that. I think, uh, I think the soldier who gets out of the troop, troop transport on the battlefield ought to be alert. <laughs> yeah? Needs to be alert. Must be alert. I believe that those who serve our community as police officers sheriffs, even, even paramedics and firefighters. Let's pray for them that they remain alert. Alert. Open eyes and open ears, sensitive to what's going on around them. As warriors for God, as warriors in this spiritual battle, we need to be 
alert and always say always and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people I would suggest to you that prayer is the energy source and without it that list of armaments has little effect prayer what are the characteristics of a prayer warrior They'll not be on the screen, but I'm going to run through a few of the great characters of the Bible who were prayer warriors. Ready? King David, in Psalm 4, he says, Answer me when I call you, my righteous God. Cries out to God. The great prayer in Daniel 9. Now, O God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests because to, of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay. Say, do not delay. I love this prayer. Because your city and your people bear your name. The prayer of Daniel. Wow. King Jehoshaphat. Oh God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. That's the prayer of King Jehoshaphat. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you, 2 Chronicles 20. Jeremiah, the prophet, you who are my comforter in sorrow, my heart is faint within me. Listen to the cry. You hear that? Listen to the cry of my people from a land far away. Is the Lord no longer in Zion? Is her king no longer here? Jeremiah, the prayer warrior, seeking God on behalf of his people. Hmm. Elijah. Thursday night, folks, you'll remember this one. Elijah's on Mount Carmel. Remember his prayer? Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so that these people will know, Lord, that you are God and you are turning their hearts back to you again. That was the prayer of Elijah before the fire fell. Elijah was a prayer warrior. The Lord Jesus, among many others, in Mark 1.35, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And then Paul. Paul was a prayer warrior. Second Corinthians, the first chapter, 
verse 11 and 12 says, we constantly pray for you. That our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he might bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. And you in him, according to the grace of our God. The Apostle Paul, praying for those he loved in the church. I don't see him praying here that they would be healthy. I don't see him praying here that they would be happy. I don't see him praying here that they would be prosperous. I see him praying here that the Lord Jesus would be glorified in them. The Lord Jesus would be glorified in them. That they would be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God. Listen, listen. Paul and those around him were fighting warfare not of the flesh. Not about the flesh. But in the spiritual realm. What are the characteristics of a prayer warrior? Let me give you some thoughts. Prayer warrior is a worshiper. A prayer warrior understands the power of worship and the necessity of seeking God and praising Him in worship. Secondly, a prayer warrior is centered and focused on God and His Word. The prayer warrior understands where the power comes from, and he praises Him and worships his God, but he is centered and focused on the Word of God. Thirdly, and this is where some of us begin to fall off the map a little. A prayer warrior is empathetic. Able to meet and accept people where they are. They are alert and ready, being sensitive to the needs, and they are motivated by love and concern for others. Have you known any prayer warriors? Next, and related to that, a prayer warrior is loving, wanting to help bring about God's will for others, related together. A prayer warrior is a person of faith. It's a person of faith, trusting in God's goodness lifting up the requests that he always answers. And a prayer warrior is filled with the Holy Spirit who guides and instructs on how to pray. Looks like I might have missed some slides there, but I hope you got that. 
Thank you, Mark. Prayer warrior perseveres, determined to repeatedly lift up the long-term needs. We talked about that when we watched Terry's. When we watched Terry's uh, testimony. What about us today? What about you? I believe that there are those who line up with the characteristics that we just talked about. I believe that there are some who have a calling in their life to do battle in prayer. What about us? What about you today? All of us are called to have an active prayer life, a consistent prayer life. What am I going to do with you people? Let me go back to the beginning of that statement, if you don't mind. Can I hold that for you, sweetheart? All of us are called to have an active and a consistent prayer life. All of us. But I would like to submit to you this morning that there may be, and there most likely are those in our fellowship who have a specific, strong, and clear calling in their lives to pray. To be on the front lines of this battle. I, as your pastor, see it as an essential part of the church to have folks who have a calling in their lives to pray. It's not just another program. It's ministry. It's warfare. That I, as your pastor, very much need. And we all do. And we all do. I'm calling out today to folks to step up as prayer warriors. As intercessors. If you sense that desire to enter into battle, it starts with seeking God's will in your prayer life. It could be that there are those of you here in our fellowship who would say yes to the call of God to intercessory prayer ministry. If so, I hope you will let me know. As God leads and guides us moving forward as a church, prayer ministry will be the power plant, the energy source that will, be, that will empower us as a church to be all that God wants us to be. We've moved into a new year. 
You've put up with me with nearly that long. It's time to move forward. The key to it is fighting the battle as Phil Wickham put it on our knees. We have our congregational meeting next Sunday morning and coming out of that meeting we will have a newly appointed trustees board and that board will be put to work. And one of the key points that I as pastor moving forward is that we establish a solid prayer ministry. Beyond just, I'd say just, beyond our normal routines of prayer that we personally have. And I'm asking this morning, and I'll ask this year in different avenues for us to get involved. But if I've been able to express this morning the importance of praying, I would ask that if God is leading you to be involved in faith Christian fellowship prayer ministry moving forward, I want to know. I want you to speak to me. And then what will happen will be the development of, of that prayer ministry in a number of ways. Not the least of which is the communication piece, which means that if someone in our midst has a need or finds out about a need, that is communicated to our prayer team. And they get to work. And they get to doing battle. And they begin that process of interceding for whatever that need is. I, for me, as a member of a fellowship, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about a group of people, it might be one, it might be three, it might be 20, who, who would say, yes, bring it on. Bring it on. The short-term urgent needs and the long-term Terry Evick needs. Bring them on. Bring them on. And what we must develop is the ability to communicate those needs. We'll, we will find ways to get those needs to the people that will then take them before the Lord. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. <laughs> I've been uh, given a lot of consideration to some of the things that I want to do, that we want to do together in the coming year. One kind of funny thing is I would like to place some decorative flags in the front of our building, much like the coffee shop flag that I showed you on a, on a picture a couple of weeks ago. You know those, those flag signs? One will say we gather to worship. One will say we gather to pray. One will say we gather to learn. We gather to pray. We gather to worship. We gather to learn. But what if what if there was a sign on the front of our building, a, maybe a banner, and it said this, to our community, 
to the passers-by. It said this, we will pray for you. Could we become the church that people in our community know that if a need is communicated, indeed, we won't just talk about prayer, but we will go to prayer. We will fight in prayer. We will be the prayer warriors of our community. That's how God has been impressing me as I've been preaching this series over the last, and really it started as I began to preach through the Lord's Prayer. What if, what if this part of Mason realized, came to know, and found out with confidence that, you know what, those folks over at that little church on the corner, they'll pray for you. They'll pray for you. I think, I think it's viable for us as a body to be the prayer warriors for this community. Lots of ideas. Lots of ideas. Prayer box, I will say to you that social media and websites and things like that are extremely effective because everybody's on their little electronic device. And what if somebody, what if somebody drove by and they were just hurting you guys? They were just struggling. They were just, they, they were, they were just, they didn't know where to turn and it said, Faith Christian Fellowship, we will pray for you. And they take their phone and they go on our, our website and they submit a request. I'm not talking about gathering a, large, a larger group of people here, although that might happen. I'm talking about praying for folks. Is that okay? Can we just pray for folks? Because I think it's what Paul called us to. I think it's what Jesus calls us to. I think it's what Elijah was thinking about when he said, God, oh God, would you answer my prayer so that people would come back to you? What if, what if that person who submits that request sees a very clear answer that they can't explain? Prayer ministry. Intercessory prayer ministry. I, as your pastor, I'm going to see to it that that moves forward. And I want to know from you by note or email or come to me, I'm in. Remember our basic training guy? All in. All in. We're not going to take it casually, kids. We're not going to take it casually. The soldier doesn't. The warrior doesn't. Paul didn't. Jesus didn't. <laughs> and the prayer warriors that I have known in my life didn't take it casually. It was like breathing to them. If God has, if God has tweaked you this morning in that regard, I'd really like to know about that. Job one, 
moving forward in 2024 is to develop a solid group of prayer warriors. That's where we're going. All right. Father, thank you for...